。开始，呃，之前，我想问一下大家，不会讲英文的，或者不会听英文的，请举手；听不懂英文的，请举手。只有一位吗？英文完全听不懂吗 ？A little bit。我今天晚上用很简单的英文讲，可不可以？可以哈。So I was asking、uh, if there's anyone in the audience that I was asking if anyone、uh, in the audience that does not speak English. So there's only one. I'm just gonna take this. Once we record, and this is for microphone. How's that? Good. <coughs> so I'm going to use English tonight to share with you、uh, the topic. Is that okay? Yeah. 听得懂吗？可以哈。I use、uh, everyday English. <coughs> Simple. More direct. I wanted to ask this because、uh, sometimes when you, if you give a talk, if you're the translator yourself, you, it kind of break up the flow of the talk. I have to kind of rewind back, retrace back my thought where I left off, and then translate into Chinese and pick up where I left off in English. It's very hard. I tried, but very hard. I used to be a translator for Master Shen Yan, my teacher. For many years, <coughs> and that was already hard. <laughs> so、uh, tonight's topic is what's tonight's topic? Freedom and ease in Chan. How many of you would like to know?、Uh, how many of you have heard the word Chan? Know about Chan already? Readings or practice, please raise your hand. Okay. How many of you never heard of the word Chan? Please raise your hand. C H A N. Chan is、uh, Zen. Have you heard the word Zen?、Okay. What have you heard about it? It's a way of life. Okay. Okay. Good. You can come up here and give the talk tonight. <laughs> uh, maybe I should give a little introduction about what Chan is, and、uh, its genesis,、uh, and the principal teachings, and then why why are we talking about freedom and ease? Chan is a school within Buddhism.、Uh, it can be said to be the school that really made Buddhism, which came from you know, in pre-modern time from India, originated in India, spread to Central Asia, and then to China. 
2,500 years ago. So in this process, Chang is, uh, is one of the schools that evolved uh, in China that really made Buddhism Chinese, it adapted to uh, Chinese way of thinking, way of uh, life, and uh, the Indian Buddhist teachings really um, transformed you know, and uh, eventually blossomed. And uh, in this process, uh, of transmission, you know, Buddhism to China, uh, Chan emerged around self-consciously as a movement. Um, we can say around seventh century. 7th century. It can be traced back, of course, earlier. But it was a reactionary movement. Reactionary movement against uh, scholasticism. Uh, I think uh, once in a while, if I come across an idea or a term that uh, needs clarification, I'll just translate those terms in Chinese. Okay, so that make sure you all get it. Okay. So it was a reactionary movement against scholasticism. It was a scholasticism,教育性的,教育性的佛教,思想性的佛教。所以禅是一种,禅的产生是 可以说是对这种教育性早期汉传佛教的一种反弹。为什么呢？So why is that? Because um, when Buddhism was transmitted to China, uh, it took several several centuries, several centuries of adaptation. And uh, trying to, and the Chinese trying to figure out exactly what Buddhism was. And you can only depend on translations of scriptures. But the way these scriptures were translated were not, um, were not in a coherent, systematic manner. Okay? It was translated basically in an ad hoc fashion. Okay, so sometimes uh, very difficult texts, very difficult scriptures were translated. Sometimes very simple scriptures were translated, and these many different scriptures they have sometimes very different messages. There's incoherence on the super, at least on a superficial level um, of the teachings. Right? Buddhism different than other re religions has uh, 
whereas other world religions have maybe one Bible and then commentary. Or Buddhism have uh, thousands of texts. So these texts were occasions in which the Buddha gave teaching to specific people. Some people may need this kind of medicine. Others may need another kind. So there's, there's no one way that the Dharma, the Buddhist teaching, would express. And some of these um, conflict with one, one another. Why? Because they were given in different periods of time to different audience. Does that make sense? Okay. <coughs> so why? 它不是一种统一一致性的把经典论点翻译成中文它是陆陆续续的没有层次的有些经论讲的层次非常非常深有的非常非常浅而且内容方面是不一致的甚至有些地方是冲突的所以就像如果我们可以想象我们这个学校学校第一天老师给你看的是博士班的课本第二天给你看的是小学的第三天给你看的是小学的第三天给你看的是高中的课本你看你完全没有头绪为什么呢因为翻译者跟传承者他是他们是自己想翻什么东西就翻什么或者
这个是应该这样的，这个菜要这样煮，那个菜要这样煮，这个这个怎么怎么怎么。禅宗的反弹是开始重视于，不是看菜菜单，不是分析菜单，开始吃。他的教义根本的精神在哪里？尝试的，体验的。佛法的精神，所以是非常重视于啊、呃、直接的体验佛教。那最直接的方法就是面对自己，不经过一些教义、一些论点或是一些复杂的解释，直接的关关照自己的心，这样呢？要能了了了解啊，所以禅宗的发展是一种，所以才会说教外别传，直指人心啊。他不是说，连经教什么都不懂，你还要教外别传，那个不是这样，是太变得太复杂了，太复杂太复杂了，才会讲这种教外别传的这种啊啊 slogan 啊，说、so,。All right, I was supposed to just give a brief uh, uh, snapshot of what I said in English, but got a little carried away. <coughs> One of the reasons why Chan is a reactionary movement against this Buddhist scholasticism is because. For five, six hundred years, in this process of transmission, with first of all with poor translations, and then later with better translators, such as Kumura Jiba, Jiemo Luoshi, Jiemo Luoshi, 第四纪第四世纪 with better translations,、uh, still Chinese Buddhists were trying to figure out what exactly is. The Buddhist teaching. What is the heart of the Buddhist teaching?、Right. And、uh, this process, hundreds of years of process of interpreting, translating, trying to understand. Eventually, by the fifth, sixth century, there came to be a very special phenomenon in Chinese Buddhism. That's nowhere to be found in other forms of. Buddhism, like Tibet or South Asia, there was no need because of the way the teachings were transmitted to these places. Only in China, and by extension, China moved to Korea and Japan. So basically, East Asia Buddhism, something very unique, is called in Chinese is called Panjiao. Tran Translated into English is called doctrinal classification. Now, why was there a need for doctrinal classification? Is because the doctrines were totally random; it was not classified. The way it was transmitted to China was ad hoc, random, and、uh, different teachings. The Chinese had to figure out all these expedient teachings, you know, 方便法门 expedient teachings, to kind of sort them out and figure out what was what. Does that make sense? So in that in that context, there was a lot of intellectualization of Buddhism, a lot of 
the analytical doctrinal treatises were written during this time. And Chan was a reactionary movement against that. And for that reason, Chan espoused, taught, presented itself as a tradition that is outside of uh, scriptures, not dependent on words and language, uh, directly point to the human mind, heart, to see self-nature. And uh, the way Chan proposed this was to directly experience Buddhism, what the Buddha taught. And it drew the conclusion that the Buddha taught freedom. Freedom and ease. And the way to access that is not some kind of freedom that we get from outside or external appearance. It's to free ourselves from the bondage, the clutter, the habitual patterns that bind, restrict our mind. And I'll get to this in a little bit. And the best way to do that was to face oneself. To face oneself. To confront oneself in meditation. Not through expedient means and the rituals and the outer trappings of words and texts and external forms, but sit there and face oneself. Have a method to practice, to understand our innate freedom and ease. Right? <coughs> 所以禅最直接的方法就是要了解自己的心为什么这样子呢因为古代的禅师们发现这些经论的核心事实上就是指的我们本然的解脱自心的本然的本然具有的自在清晰安然解脱不是环境给我们的或是一些仪式或者经教所告诉我们的而是自己体验这个就是以心了解心为主那最直接的方法就是用禅的角度面对自己So this is a little bit of background history from uh, 7th, 8th century. Chan emerged as a self-conscious school. He interpreted Buddhism from the most practical, the most direct approach 
I mean, Chinese people tend to be practical, and Chinese people always want to take shortcuts. <laughs> you know, because the most direct route. So, uh, from seventh day century, it continued to develop in the Song Dynasty, twelfth century, it became the most powerful school in China, in East Asia. And uh, <clears throat> from then on, it transmitted to Japan. And uh, we can say in the 20th century, mid 20th century, through Japan, transmitted to the West, to America. Discovered the most basic, basic message is that freedom and ease is something that's intrinsic to ourselves, each and every one of us. But it is bound, constricted by habit tendencies, patterns of thinking, you know, concepts, you know, uh, our own attachments to our own ideas that binds us. And uh, for that reason, we need to practice. To uh, find this freedom that's within, find this ease and peace that's within, and uh, uh, to give you one analogy, <coughs> if that is the basic uh, message of the Buddha, that peace and freedom is already within you but it is covered by clutter, by the habits, vexations, attachments. What the Buddha taught was methods to cleanse away, to cleanse away these uh, negativities, right? sources of bondage. Then analogy of this would be like soap. So what's the function of soap? It cleanses. Right? It cleans. Right? <coughs> now Buddhism has many faces. It goes from one country to another country. But the function is the same. Right? Buddhism provides many different methods. Right? That's like many different types of soap. Right? So some people get caught up with ingredients of soap and uh, different brand of soap. Uh, different people can argue which soap is better than the other. Uh, but the basic function is the same. It's the cleanse. So tonight, I'll share with you methods to take a shower, <laughs> to cleanse. Good
但是这个自在是被我们的烦恼习气啊，这种啊执着、固执这等等这些问题把它束缚起来了。所以佛教里面的种种的方法，就是要清理这些。清理这些，呃，呃，执着烦恼，因为执着烦恼让我们生活的不开心、不自在，嗯，所以那个比喻就像一个肥皂一样，嗯、然后知道了佛陀的佛陀的根本的思想是肥皂，啊、呃，根本的功能是肥皂一样的，啊，就不会这个，不会好像比较哪一个肥皂比较好。肥皂就是肥皂，不管哪一个肥皂，基本的功能是一样。有些肥皂是花样蛮多的，里面放了很多东西，香香的东西啊等等。但基本上最重要的功能就是啊洗干净。那今天呃主要的就是给予大家参考，呃如何如何清洗清洗自己。自己的心啊，如何洗澡啊？ When I talk about vexations, attachments, habit tendencies, you know, proliferation of ideas. Concepts. <clears throat> One of the biggest problems is all of these things we have been habituated, 习惯性的 habituated into engaging in these things based on conditioning. Conditioning. Based on the an assumption of、uh, me, my sense of self, and、uh, we've never really examined what is this sense of self. All of us have our own thoughts. We have our own views. We have our own opinions. We have our own ideas. Buddhism does not say these ideas are wrong or these ideas are problematic. Not necessarily. But when we attach to these ideas, then problems arise.、Right? Uh, We don't have freedom. We don't have a sense of ease because when we attach to our own ideas, when our ideas are kind of self-referential, centered around the sense of me, I, mine. What I mean by me, self, I, mine is what is beneficial to me and what is not beneficial to me. 
all of our thoughts center around this sense of self, this assumption of me, mine. And when that happens, there's inevitably conflict with other people's ideas, self, other people's views, opinions. So husband and wife, colleagues, friends, your family, from your family to your you know, social network, to the society, even between nations. Every nation, every self, all the ideas is centered around protection, preserving what is most important, the self. The message of Buddhism is that the self is constantly in flux. The self is uh, it's just an assumption. It's just an assumption. It's a kind of so all in other words, all of our actions, our thinking, our opinions, it's actually based on something that's insubstantial. In other words, based on something that's wrong assumption. And when we encounter other people, of course there will be conflict. It's not in accordance with how things actually are. It's in accordance with how we think things are. Like your view of a certain thing is different than someone else's view. And everyone's ideas is different. But everyone thinks their idea is right. It's because it's because everyone thinks based on his or her own sense of self. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. So what is this self? <clears throat> At a very fundamental level. We uh, sense our body. We sense our body, our body's existence. This is, in a sense, our first tool, first tool to experience and to understand the world. 身体是我们人第一个工具去接受认识这个世界。Our bodies. So a lot of our energy, a lot of our ideas and life concerns actually evolve around our body, preserving it. extension uh, our body's needs what it's uh, uh, what makes us happy so the sense of self come from our body 
number one. Number two, sense of self come from our thinking, our feeling. But both of these are um, constantly changing, constantly changing. And uh, most of the time, we have little control of our body, uh, let alone our minds. What we believe is happy, what we believe is uh, good for us, our ideas, actually, uh, it's influenced by our environment, our environment. All of you think you have your own ideas. All of you think you have your own opinion, your own thinking. You may say, Bali, Bali is not me. Bali doesn't define me. My idea, my views, my experience, that defines me, me. But actually, all of these ideas, opinions, experiences, come from interaction with the external environment. Most people's happiness, sense of well-being, is actually at the mercy of the environment. When the environment is pleasant, then we feel happy. Like your work, you get promotion, you're really happy. You get demotion, you're very upset, very sad. Someone praise you, you feel happy. Someone blame you, you feel sad. Is that true or not? A lot of times. So this is a very dangerous place to be. It's a very dangerous way to live. That means your happiness, your sense of freedom and ease you have given it up to someone else to control. Right? Now, how many of us living in a situation in which everything is going smooth and favorable all of the time, or most of the time? Those people who are fortunate, most of the time, favorable. Right? Those people who are not so fortunate, very difficult. But even when we live in a favorable condition, our family is wealthy, everything is going smooth, we still may not be happy. We still may not be happy. There's always, other people's grass is always greener. We compare. Or we're upset because someone treats us a certain way sometimes. So this is like a puppet, like a puppet on strings. Yeah. So when the environment goes a certain way, we, we just go a certain way. Environment go to the left, we go left. Environment go right, we go right. Actually, there's very little autonomy. So our sense of freedom, 
usually for people is when everything goes smooth my way and I feel free, right? Or when I don't have external burden, trouble, then I feel free. You know? I feel at ease when, when everything is going right. This is not the kind of freedom that Buddhism is talking about or Chan is talking about. Right? Chan is talking about first to work with the body. Second, to work with the mind. See? So that we begin to regain some level of mastery, stability, peace, happiness, ease, freedom, independent of what the situation, the external environment is. In other words, we are free and at ease despite how our body feels, despite how our environment is. And uh, the way to mediate that is to understand the mind. So we have environment on the one hand, and we have our bodies on the other. And in the middle, what mediates our sense of freedom and well-being is the mind. Okay. So that we're less conditioned, controlled by our body and by our mind. And the, the passing of our minds, thoughts, and, and uh, the external environment. <coughs> How we do that? <clears throat> we have to first expose. Um, well, the principle behind it is we have to uh, work with the mind. Our mind determines our suffering. Our minds determine our happiness. For, for most people, uh, untrained, they don't know how to work with their minds. When they think of happy thoughts, they become happy. When they think of sad thoughts, they can get very depressed. They can even commit suicide. So the first step is to understand that the nature of thoughts thoughts and emotions. Uh, its nature is just change. It does not define us. How to do that is to train the mind. Train the mind. <clears throat> and how to train the mind is to regulate or harmonize the body. For most people, because mind is something very difficult to, to get a grasp of. So the first step is to train the body. Now in modern living, most people's bodies are tense. Most people's bodies are tense. So it's important to first learn how to relax the body. 
because when the body, it's like a tripod, when the body is relaxed, how do we feel with our minds? Can someone tell me? Up here. <clears throat> when your body is relaxed, it's free from sickness. It's basically in a good condition. Then uh, you feel stable, right? feel happier, more at ease. And what happens when the uh, body is relaxed? What happens to our breath? It slows down. It's more stable, right? Steady. And our minds become uh, clear, calmer, right? more stable. Right? So these three are like a tripod, body, mind, and breath. Mind is something, sometimes it's very hard to go directly understand the mind. Right? Because when we try to understand the mind, try to concentrate the mind, the mind goes all over the place. Right? A lot of scattered thoughts. So we have to regulate the breath, regulate uh, the body, learn to regulate these two. Because th this tripod is intimately connected to one another. Right? When the breath is a certain way, and the body is a certain way, then the mind will be a certain way. You understand? Right? So the way to um, the way to get to clarify the mind is to go about it through the body. To harmonize the breath. I want to share with you. Uh, some basic methods, basic methods to do that, okay? So if you would, uh, two feet down on the ground, uh, you can lean back on your chair to make yourself comfortable. Make yourself comfortable. Okay. I want to share with you simple methods to relax the body. And uh, regulate the breath. Tiao, xi, then the身体放松，基本的方法。这样子的话，身体是放松的，呼吸是调的和谐的，这样子的心就比较能安定。给这个像一个三脚的这个三脚架一样。so let's put our hands on our knees. So that's it, guys. Now, transcendental. So relax the body. But to relax the body, we need methods. We can't just tell ourselves to relax. We can't do that. That won't work. We have to cut through kind of ideas, words, and language. This discursive thinking. We have to directly feel the muscles relaxed. Okay? So place your awareness now 
at the crown of your head, the top of your head. You feel the sensation. 觉受，不是用思维想象，而是用感受感觉。把感觉放在头顶。Feel from that point of the crown, slowly lowers to the forehead area. The forehead area, especially the space between your eyebrows. Make sure this area is relaxed. How do we do it? We make it tense. We make it tense, and then we relax. Okay, so raise your eyebrows up like this, and then let them drop. Okay, raise and drop. Raise and drop. You can do it a couple times, but in this process, try to familiarize yourself. 洗手啊，熟悉它。What is a relaxed? Feel, feeling like space between the eyebrows.、Okay. I'm not talking about ideas or concepts. I'm talking about direct sensation. Next, your eyeballs. Eyeballs relax. How to relax the eyeballs? <clears throat> A lot of people close their eyes and they still see black, or they see red, or they see some color. That means your eyes are still tense. You're not using, you're not relaxing. You're still using your eyes. So I want you to feel your eyeballs like two pieces of muscles, just there, like flesh, two flesh balls, just there. Yan Chou. 放松，也就是不用眼睛。什么叫不用眼睛？你如果闭着眼睛还看着，还要看到颜色，比如说黑色、暗的等等，这个你还是在用眼睛，没有放松。所以眼球放松，怎么样放松呢？像两块肉团的那边一样放松，完全放松，根本没有看的功能。So your eyes, for now, do not engage in using them. They don't have the function of seeing. They're just there, relaxed. Two pieces of flesh, relaxed. Next, our facial muscles, our cheeks. The cheeks. The way to relax the cheeks is the two corners of your mouth. Begin to have a gentle, gentle smile. Not a full smile, but the beginning of a gentle smile. So the corners lift up just a little bit. This will actually relax the cheek muscles. Mouth, teeth closed. Our mouth. 微笑，一点点的微笑，让这样子能放松这
这个脸部肌肉，好下颚收收下颚，要 tuck in your chin a little bit. Now check the front part of your face, from the crown all the way down to the forehead, eyeballs, cheeks, mouth, chin, relaxed. Now go back to the crown and come back down on the sides to the temple and to the back, back of the crown. Through sensations, feel. Relax. Whole head. Now when you get to the back. From the base of the cranium, the top of the neck, relax down to your shoulders. Shoulders is another area that's very easy to be tensed. So what do we do? <coughs> We make it tense, and then we relax, just so that we familiarize what it means to relax. Okay, so lift up your shoulders and let them drop. Lift up, hold, and let them drop. Lift up and let them drop. Do this a couple times by yourself. Okay, and then familiarize. What it feels like to relax your shoulders. Now, shoulders relax. Move them a little bit. 肩膀绷紧，然后放松。绷紧，然后放松。啊，往上提，然后放松。Next, the two arms. The upper arm, elbows. The forearms, section by section, both arms at the same time. Not thinking, not imagining, but feeling, feel, feel the skin, the muscles, relaxing. When you get to your elbows, move your elbows a little bit. Swing your arms a little bit. Relax. And feel your arm relaxing section by section, all the way down to the wrist, and then to the palms. Now feel the warmth of your palms over your kneecaps. And then your fingertips, relaxed. Okay. Are the two arms relaxed? Check. Okay. Now, the body. Your back 
should be upright, relaxed. Go to the top, the back of the neck, relax down. Your shoulder blades relax. Feel that section. And the mid back relaxed. And the lower back relaxed. Lower back, your waist. And eventually, your buttocks. Your buttocks relax. Feel your bodily weight. A sense of bodily weight. 重量感在臀部这边, on the buttocks. Put that weight, offer it to the seat. 把这个重量感交给你的椅子. In other words, don't hold your sense of bodily weight on your body. All your bodily weight, sense of burden, completely let it sink down to the seat, down to earth. Leaving your body light, soft, like a feather. First you have to sense the weight, sense the bodily weight, and then give it to the seat. Let that weight sink down. So your body is completely light, and gentle. And we continue. Now we sense the thighs, our legs, sensations, the thighs. And in the knees, and the calf. feet. Feel your bodily weight again at the feet. Don't hold it there. Allow that weight to sink down, down to earth. Your body light, clear. So you can do this every day. Relax the body section by section, part by part, from head to toe. After you do this several rounds, now come to your breath. Your breath at the nostrils. Feel the cool sensation. When does the breath feel cool? Don't answer that with your mind. I want you to feel 
Is it ing hell? Or is it exhale? So the breath. Feel the sensations of your breath. If you cannot feel the sensations, you can feel the movement of the breath. Every inhalation and exhalation, you have a bodily movement. Maybe the movement is the subtle rise and fall of your chest or your stomach. movement of your shoulders. The breath should be natural. When you breathe, can you sense the movement of your shoulders, of your stomach? you now to open your eyes so you don't fall asleep. Open your eyes and look down. So light come in. So light come in but don't use your eyes. In other words, don't look at anything particular. Just allow light to come in. I want you to Focus on your breath, the sensations, as a method. Guan Zhao Hu Xi Yi Ni Xiu Xin De Yiga Fang Fa Xin Bu Duan Zai Fang Fa Song Yi Jus Bu Duan Zai Guan Zhao Hu Xi De Jue Shou Yan Jin Zi Zhang Kai De Wei Shen Zhang Kai 让光进来，所以不会打瞌睡。看不看得到东西？看不到东西，我们不管它。I want you to observe your breath, and through the breath, observe your mind. In other words, when your mind strays off, think about this and that, become scattered, bring it back to your breath, sensation of your breath. When it goes off again, you bring it back.
How does your body feel? Relaxed. What is the quality of your breath at this time? Is it audible? Can you hear it? Maybe not. Is it long, short, shallow, deep? What is the state of your mind? So the more we practice, the more we practice this <coughs> without falling asleep, okay? without falling asleep, the more we intimately understand the relationship between how the body affects the breath, how the breath regulates the mind. Now, usually, uh, when we do this, two things happen. They happen because we're conditioned in a particular way. The first thing that happens is we relax, 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 and then we fall asleep. My teacher used to say, okay. My teacher used to say, this is like chicken pecking at the rice. This is the first thing that happens. Why? Because usually when people relax, they associate it with sleep or nothing to do. So this is relax, relax. Second thing that happens is I have a lot of wandering thoughts. A lot of wandering thoughts. So what we want to do is relax, yet clear. Clear, yet no wandering thoughts. Let's practice. Because if you're relaxed most of the time, your body is relaxed, your breath is stable, your mind becomes stable. And when we relate to other people, when we deal with everyday affairs with a very relaxed body, a very stable mind, things would be better, right? Imagine trying to uh, resolve interpersonal problems with a very tense body. Or very agitated mind. So, I said before, a lot of times we are like a puppet on strings. The environment challenge us a certain way and we can just flow another way. Now if you're very stable, in other words, your sense of stability is not dependent on what happens outside. All along you've been trained to harmonize your body, mind and breath within. It doesn't matter what the environment is. So what happens when the environment becomes challenging? Right? We're still clear. Our clarity, our stability is no longer dependent on outside. 
You understand? So when we relate to what needs to be done, we are in a much better condition. We're in control. We're in control. Uh, so that's the first baby step. First baby step into understanding the benefits of John practice or the practice of Buddhism. The practice of Buddhism, just like the ancient Chan masters, they discovered, is not necessarily the menus. It's not necessarily the scriptures. All the ingredients, the complex theories, the, the technical names, Mingxiang, the heart of the Buddhist teaching is to begin to find inner freedom. Freedom for what? Years of conditioning, habit tendencies, years of being a reactionary mode to everything around you. To be free from that, we are much more than that. We are much more than that. Than all of our past experiences, our thinking, our ideas of things. Much more. When the mind is clear and stable, we see everything else very clearly and very stable. We are one step freer from our own habit, our own vexations. Does that make sense? So this is the beginning step. Then we slowly will begin to discover the true potential of our mind. So we have to begin with stabilizing the mind. So begin to be free from the conditioning to discover the true nature of the mind. We can't understand the mind if the mind is very static. Right? We have to let it settle down so we can understand the nature of mind, the true potential, the true freedom. Right? How do you do that? I often give this analogy, <clears throat> like a lifeguard. How many of you have been on the beach before? I don't know, some people may never be on a beach. <laughs> Maybe you see a beach, you see a lifeguard, right? If the lifeguard is kind of mingling with all the people on the beach, he can't really save anyone. If someone down there at 50 feet drowning, he can't even see. The lifeguard on the beach must be stationary. 
when he's stationary, then when he looks out, everything that moves becomes readily apparent, very clear. Right? If he himself is moving around, mingling with people, he can't see anything. Same thing. When the mind is clear, stable, focused, then everything that moves becomes clear. When there's too much clutter, garbage here, we don't know what's going on out there. We have to sort out our own garbage just to relate to other people. And the problem with relating to other people and trying to solve problems outside is that we, we tend to bring the garbage here and spread it to everyone. So the first step, baby step, learn to steal the mind to have concrete, effective methods so the mind can be somewhat quieted. Then conversely, when we look out, when we deal with situations, we see very clearly. Like some people, uh, some people come with me with uh, questions. I'm sure you've experienced this before. Have you ever experienced when someone asks you a question, they don't even know what they're asking? <laughs> they are formulating the question as they're talking. And it's actually not their point. If your mind is scattered, you can't see that. All you see is just superficial. Your own projections projected onto that person. This means our garbage put it to other people. We're not really answering what the other person is asking. Right? But if it's quiet here, then everything out there is very clear. You're not actually listening to the words of that person anymore, because the words can be very scattered. You actually listen to the heart.一边问一边的想他自己在想要问什么他自己也不知道他到底要问什么东西像救生员救生员这边应该是不动的这样的外面谁在快淹死了或者是什么看得一清二楚如果这边救生员自己在海滩上在跟人家玩啊根本看不清楚所以救生员一定要是清晰不动这样子看很清楚要懂吗很清
caught up with clutter. Clutter. Their thinking, their ideas, their experience, their opinions. This is like all the chairs in this room. You go into a space, you see all the things in the room. We are conditioned to, to see things, to grab things, to chase after things. If the room is very clean, how do we feel? If we go into a new space and the room is very clean, space is tidy, clean, then we feel good, right? Yeah. Why do we feel good? Because there's no clutter there. Now what happens, how many of you have had kids? Raise your hands. Oh. Let's figure maybe 8 years old to maybe 16, 17. Their bedrooms. Is it clean and tidy and spacious? No, it's a, it's a mess, right? You go into the room, how do you feel? To clean up, right? Most people are affected by things, by objects. So the first step is to clean up, make sure things are in order. Then you can actually appreciate the space, the spaciousness of the room. Now let me ask you this. Over here, there's about 40 chairs here. Right? 40 chairs. Uh, and everyone is wearing different color. Shirt. Right? Do you think all these furniture and all the people affect the spaciousness of this room? Yes. How? How does it affect? They distract. They distract you from appreciating the spaciousness of this room. Why? Because it's taking up space. All the clutter. The, now this is somewhat orderly. All the chairs are kind of in order. But imagine chairs all over the place. And all we notice is just mess. What happens when we clean the room? How many of you have done this? You clean, your house looks mess, and then you clean it, and you discover, hey, my house is pretty big. Like you actually appreciate the space. Or you move into a new house. Move into a new house. This room is so big. As soon as you put your furniture in, you discover the room is actually not that big. How many of you have felt that? Wow. Likewise, the first step is to clean the room. Once the room is clean, you will actually begin to notice the nature of the room. Once you begin to clean your mind of scattered thoughts and conditioning, ideas, opinions, start to quiet that down, you actually can start to appreciate the intrinsic, original freedom and spaciousness of the room. Can you appreciate that? The room is absolutely not affected, even if there's a lot of furniture. Even the room is a mess, do you think space will say, hey, I don't like mess? Space is not affected, right? It's like water. 
the nature of water is the nature of water is wetness. It's wet. That's the nature of water. Whether you have tea, whether you have garbage in the water, does that affect wetness? Or if you freeze it, put it in the freezer, it's still wetness. The external appearance may change, but the nature doesn't change. Our true nature is freedom. Our true nature is free from conditioning, vexations, fanal. Our proliferation of ideas, opinions that conflict with the world. Our true nature is freedom. And because it's freedom, it is at ease. Anxin. Anranda. It is because we're caught up with attachments to our ideas, our opinions, our experiences. In other words, we're caught up with the furnitures, the furniture of the room that we feel is that's, it's affected. The room is affected. It's, it's called mess. Or if we clean it, we call it clean. Actually, mess and clean have no effect on the room. The openness is already there. It's there even when it's a mess. Do you believe it? It's allowed to be mess because it's open. It's because of spaciousness that we can make a mess. So that's the gospel. That's the news. The good news is originally free. The problem is we are so conditioned to be caught up with furniture. How we want things to be. How we like things to be. Our way from our perspective, looking at the space. That's just one perspective. Everyone's perspective is different. There's always difference and conflict and discrepancies. Right? Someone over there, look at the room. Someone back there, look at the room. But from the true nature of the room, it's just open. Right? Does that make sense? That's the good news. That's in Chan, it's called Buddha nature. For Xin. For, this is Jue, the Yisi. Jue. Jue, this is not final Yisi. This is his own Xin. That For Xin is not in the middle. For Xin is not in the middle. This is our human being. This is For Xin. 但是人一般被家具卡住了
弄脏、弄干净，这样听得懂吗？但是很难体会到这个啊、呃、所谓的佛性，就是我们人性。为什么？因为我们常常被卡在我们自己的烦恼、家具、我们的思维、模式性的思想、我们的执着。自己的角度来看这个，你从那个角度看这空间，当然是不一样了，当然是有分别差异、偏差的，当然是有，因为有个我是由你的角度来看，但是空间本然是扩然的，这个就是 freedom。freedom 在哪里？不在外面，在我们的自信。But the first step is to what? You remember? Why we relax the body? Why we concentrate on the breath? Why do we do that? Anyone? You may say, "Well, the space is originally clean, free. It doesn't really matter." You said that it doesn't matter if it's clean or dirty. It's free. So why do you have to? You know, put your leg up and sit upright and do that. Why? Why do you need a formality of sitting meditation? Because knowledge, knowing that, doesn't count. When someone gives you some vexation, some problem, we're back to getting caught up with the furniture. So we have to learn to appreciate. First, we have to clean, like a soap. After you use up the soap, what do you do? Do you keep the wrappers? Collect them? Throw it away. Recycle. The function of Buddhism is like soap. Clean. Once you clean, you will appreciate. Where true freedom is, the potential of your mind to accept, to embrace all kinds of furniture. It has the potential. That is compassion. Compassion is the function of the ability to embrace, to accept all. And it's because of wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the freedom. See, natural freedom, original freedom. That is wisdom in Buddhism. And the natural expression of that is compassion. They're not two things. They're not. Some people say they're like two wings of a bird. They're really not two things. It's the same thing. Wisdom and compassion is the same. One is the essence, and as soon as this essence manifests itself, expresses itself, it's compassion. And where is wisdom and compassion? It's not in book. It's not in ritual. It's here. You have to discover it. All the text. All the Buddhist doctrine, all the recipe, the menu, the ingredients—all of those point to you had to eat the food. 
you will become full. When you eat it, you become full. You understand where this is, what the Buddha taught. Does that make sense? Yeah. So tonight I've introduced uh, to you some basic uh, beginning steps to appreciate your own freedom, right? your own ability to be at ease. Right? Body, mind, breath. First, start with the body. Right? Regulate the breath and clear the mind. Don't fall asleep. Fall asleep, you open your eyes. <laughs> Allow light to come in. So stay with the method, appreciate. And one, the, the wandering thoughts go off, bring it back. Go off, bring it back. That's like our mind is habituated to get caught up with furniture, you see? <clears throat> you get to some furniture, bring it back. You go to some furniture, bring it back. So that's slowly and maturely, the mind becomes more concentrated, more clean, right? more pure, without too much clutter. And then that's like less furniture. And then when you try to understand the mind, you will be able to see its dynamic aliveness, function, freedom. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's... Therefore, I encourage all of you to take up the practice of meditation at your local center, whatever Buddhist center that you go to, or non-Buddhist center, maybe some yoga studio, you understand the principle. What I've done is lay out a map for you. So don't get caught up with soap, like which brand is better, you know, this and that, start collecting soap. You start to use it, right? And you understand why you use it. Clean the room, so you start to appreciate the natural openness of the room. That's to tap into your wisdom and compassion, right? freedom. The more you find yourself Back to habit thinking, vexations, you know, discrimination, kind of partial views, my angle, my opinion, my view. You have lost track of the room. You have got caught up with some perspective, some furniture. At that time, remind yourself. How? Relax the body. Because you will find what the the, uh, the most obvious thing. Whenever we are vexed, whenever we are caught up with our own thinking, our own views, opinion, one thing in common is your body is definitely tense. Definitely tense. Right? When you attach to a particular idea, a view, your body responds in a particular way. And you have learned it. You have learned to behave in a certain way. 
So when you're locking to that particular view, you have to. You already know you're attached. So first step is check the body. There are three areas to check. That's always tense almost. First, your eyes region. Have you seen some people? Some people walk around like, like this all the time. Well, after a long, long while, even when they're not, when they're relaxed, they still have two very deep lines over here. So just massage this area, massage, relax this, this area. Second, shoulders. Shoulders, always up a lot of time. Third, stomach. Stomach. We tend to lodge tension in these three areas. So I like to leave you with you all know how to relax already, right? Systematically. Here, here, cheeks, all the way down. The more you do it, the faster you'll be. Right? But I'd like you to uh, try this at home. Okay? Five times a day. Every time, just one minute. You have five minutes. There's no excuse whatsoever. I don't believe anyone don't have one minute. Right? 我叫他一分禅，一分钟禅，五个情况。比如说， for example， you brush your teeth， first bite of lunch， the same stairs that you take， there have to be things that you do every day， don't do anything extra， like put your leg up in a pretzel shape and sitting meditation in front of Buddha。you don't have to do that yet. Right? This is some exercise you do. Five things you pick. Can you think of five things? What are some of the things you can pick? Drive. Drive? Okay. Driving takes a little more concentration. <laughs> Let's pick something simple. What can you do? I sit at my desk. Sit at your desk? The first minute when you sit at your desk, just beginning to begin your work, relax the body. Systematically, the more you do it, the quicker you'll be. First bite of lunch. You prepare your lunch, and when you eat, you eat, taste the food mindfully. Or wash dishes. Nowadays there are dishwashers, but when you put the dishes in the dishwasher, you rinse it out and you put it there. Line it up. That's your meditation. Five things. Right. When you walk into the office, tension. Right. Some of you may be still working. Opening the door, very mindful of your relaxed body, engaging a task. Opening the door. Walk. Say hi to your colleagues and walk to your desk. Put your stuff down. Everything is done mindfully. Or you make your tea. Go to the washroom. Five things every time, just one minute. You relax the body and you engage with the task relaxingly and with concentration, concentrating on the task. If you do this for three months every day, five times a day, you will find you will begin to develop 
stability, concentration and clarity, your mindfulness will increase. As opposed to going through the day, you know, affected like a puppet on strings. You're now you, you're beginning to center yourself. Stability. Develop stability inside yourself. Working with body, breath, and mind. Body relax, breath natural. Mind engage with the task. Now when we sit like we all did before, your mind is engaged with breathing. But in daily life, engage with the task. Mind, body, one. Three months. You try it. And then from these moments, it will start to extend to other areas of life. So slowly, you, right away, you begin to integrate the spirit methods of Chan, of Zen, into your life. You don't do anything extra, like you read more Buddhist text, you meditate longer, you just integrate it directly into your life. Right? Directly. So you, you begin to live the teachings. That's the first step. Cleaning. Cleaning like soap. The more adept you become, the more skillful you become, after three months, you change to five other things. Driving. The boss that you hate. Every time you see your boss, the one that you don't like, it's my meditation teacher. Cell phones that ring all the time. You know, the modern technology. Every time it rings, don't pick up. Pick up on the third ring. And then make sure you relax. Hello? <laughs> Answer like that. You move from simple things to five complex things. And then after three months, more complex things. Until your practice becomes all the difficulty, the challenges. Or every time someone says no. Every time someone disagree with your opinion, when every time things go wrong, it's like, wonderful, great, another opportunity. Then you will begin to discover freedom that's within. Your capacity of mind that can actually embrace and not be transformed by them, but you start to transform situations. Not changed by the external situations, but you start to change your life. But you have to take baby steps. Baby, baby steps. Okay? Clean first. Do simple thing. Don't take your husband, like the first three months lesson. Very difficult. Right? <laughs> don't take your wife. Like, have you done this yet? Why didn't you do that yet? To cut the lawn. You have to do this. <sighs> You know, don't take that. Save that for a year later, maybe. Right? Do something simple. Directly practice. Bring to life the spirit of Chan in your life. Okay? So you can do this, right? You can't bail out because I know you have one minute a day. Five times. It's up to you. 
If you want to be free, the option is, I want to live the way I've always lived. Someone challenged me, I get upset, I get more wrinkles, and I had to buy cosmetic products. And I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, she was saying her um, medical training is based on anti-aging. And I'm thinking, that's like anti-Buddhism, <laughs> or anti-true nature of things, you know, how things actually are, is continual change. Continue change. I even saw a cosmetic product recently. I heard it's called uh, the way they name it is for, for women. It's something like um, <laughs> like wrinkle curing cream or something like that. Like wrinkles is a problem, and we have to cure it. You know, <laughs> it's a very funny name. You know. You can live that way, in which you see problems, things come, and you want to change it, or you want to react to it, or you see the beauty in wrinkles. <laughs> wrinkles, yeah, that husband back there is like, that's a good idea, I don't have to buy you another, <laughs> another uh, cream, anti-aging cream anymore. You can appreciate every furniture in the room. There's beauty in everything. There's beauty in everything. All the furniture has their own properties. Some needs a little fixing, some needs a little twe tweaking, and then you can recycle and use it again. You see? Your ability to adapt, to flow, to transform everything that comes your way into Buddha Dharma into Fofa. That's option one, or you can just live the way you always can live. So, I hope you choose the first, to discover the freedom and ease within. Right? Your capacity for wisdom and compassion. Okay? Eight thirty. Right on the dot. I was told to, to stop. Actually, I should stop a little earlier for Q and A. So if you, we can maybe entertain a couple of questions. Please. I, I really don't understand the connection between wisdom and compassion. Hmm. Wisdom. So the question is, what's the connection between wisdom and compassion? Is that your question? Yes. Wisdom, in the way that I have introduced, is something within the natural freedom. Natural freedom, not bound by conditioning, habit tendencies, attachment, vexations. So actions that stem from this freedom, that is compassion. The actions that come from this freedom, which I call wisdom, the actions are called compassion. So, so it's not necessarily, for example, not necessarily being kind, let people take over and walk all over us. It's what is needed in that situation, what action is needed in that situation. 
That's the appropriate action, and that is compassion. Why? Because it is without self-referential vexations and attachments. My perspective, my opinion. It's without that. See? It is what is called for naturally, the action. Just like the natural function of the mirror is to reflect. There's no permanent fixed carved image of your face. And then someone standing in front of the mirror, it's kind of juxtaposed. You don't see too clearly. It's best when the mirror has no images. Then whatever images come, it reflect. That's compassion. And the wisdom part is the, the natural function of, uh, uh, the, the, not the natural function, the, the nature of the mirror. Free, open, it has no fixed images. You understand? A little clearer. Um, are you saying that if you're, if, are you saying that if you're wise, then you will be compassionate? Yes. These two are the same thing. But the kind of wise wisdom I'm talking about is Zen wisdom. Because a lot of people use this word wise wisdom, you know. They use it differently. The way I'm interpreting it is without self-attachment, without fixations, free from the conditioning. That is Buddhist wisdom. So it's not like you never studied physics and all of a sudden you become expert at physics. You never studied something, you're all of a sudden you have knowledge of this. That's not Buddhist wisdom. Buddhist wisdom means without vexations, without self-referential attachment. It doesn't mean detachment, like no feelings. No, it just means you have feelings, but your feelings are not self-referential. Right? It's, it's a natural response. Right? No agenda. Right? Not kind of self, uh, self-cherishing. Kind of. right? So that is beneficial to others. That's why it's called compassion. Right? Any actions that come out of kind of, well, what if, if I do that, that would be good for me, or not good for me, then that's not wisdom. And it's not com- compassion. Does that make sense? I, it's, it's becoming a little clearer. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Please say. Okay. Uh, 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 one question. When I close my eye, I have a tendency to fall asleep. Yeah. Then what should I do? Can I allow myself falling into a sleep because naturally that's what I am? Or should I struggle to prevent myself from falling asleep? If I should struggle, then what to do, how to do that? You know, by that time, the mind is, you know, don't go sleep, but this sleep is okay, don't sleep everywhere. Then the mind fighting in between two sleep, then the mind is not clean up the house, clean the room. Yeah, thank you. Uh, This is actually a theoretical question. This is a question that's uh, 
uh, I'm sure every time you close your eyes and relax, you don't fall asleep. Right? So it's not that every time you close your eyes, you relax, you fall asleep. So it's a kind of an abstract question. The way, I, the way I hear you saying, if this happens, then uh, I, if I struggle to not fall asleep, then that struggle itself becomes a part of not cleaning. It's like getting caught up with the furnitures. So my answer is, just uh, first principle is, whether you fall asleep or don't fall asleep, you're originally free. The room, the spaciousness of the room doesn't change whether you sleep or not sleep. However, it would be nice <laughs> if you develop the mind so your mind becomes clear. So you have to see the benefit of having a clear mind. Clear but not scattered thoughts. Relaxed yet don't fall asleep. Right? Because if you really want to sleep, you just lie down and sleep. Right? So what you should do is you the attitude is don't don't grasp, don't reject. Because that is getting caught up with the furniture. That's not cleaning. So the attitude, is attitude. But the method is try to be awake. How? You open your eyes, like I said. Because there are reasons why we fall asleep. Lack of oxygen, habit tendency, or the attitude is wrong. Or some other things. So if you relax section by section, at the end of your relaxation, you open your eyes to allow light to come in. And then still be aware of the breath. That will help with falling asleep, not falling asleep. And what happens if you do fall asleep? It's okay. Move your head a little bit. Let the blood circulation come up, the energy come up. And then continue. But the most important thing, these are just technique. The most important thing is your attitude. That's why it's important for me to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter if the room is clean or dirty. The room is originally spacious. So you have to align yourself with this kind of attitude when you relate to your body. And yet, with the correct attitude, you practice. Otherwise, there's a lot of practitioners who's used to <coughs> grasping and rejecting. They don't have the correct attitude, so they don't like falling asleep, and they chase after concentration states, blissful states. So they become kind of furniture chasers, grasping furniture. So it's important to have the right attitude. With the right attitude, you just try your best. Okay? Anyone else?
please. So our question is, um, she knows I can sit cross-legged for a while. So for beginners, is it necessary to also learn to sit cross-legged for a long time? Is there a benefit to sitting like this? Yeah. Uh, it's not necessary to, it's not a prerequisite. In learning Chan, in learning Zen, to sit like this. Yeah. People without legs can also practice charm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but every bodily posture will affect the breath and affect the mind a certain way. Why? Like I said, body, mind, breath are related. With the English so yes, there are benefits to sitting like this. You want to become very stable. The body shape is like a pyramid. So it's not top heavy, nor is it elongated. It's very stable. Right? Stability of of body plus a relaxed body, the person is usually very stable, the mind is very stable. So that's that's just a physio-psychological kind of dynamic. Yeah. Not necessarily have anything to do with charm. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of people get caught up with the external form. Right? That's like collecting soap. You know, the wrappers and all kinds of stuff. Getting caught up with soap. The function of soap. As long as you that's why I teach you know, when you practice, you pick five things that you already do every day, one minute each, yifen chan, chan, right? You, you practice the principle, 原则性的, 掌握住原则, 在日常生活中练习, right? after a while, you practice in daily life, the one minute zen, one minute chan. Naturally, when your body is more relaxed, right? And your breath is regular, and your mind is more calm and clear, you can actually sit longer. So the way I teach is, you do that first. You get the principle first. And then you will want to sit. I don't teach the other way around. You know, sit, and then people get caught up, and then they give up, because they can't sit. Right? You understand the mind, appreciate the method. And then you will want to sit. Even when you sit, when you have pain, you don't get caught up with the pain because you've been practicing the principle. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then whatever long you can sit, you know, practice for 20 minutes a day sitting, good. Yeah, but first step is in your life. First step in your life. And then next time I come back, maybe I'll teach you a meditation class. Okay, will you come? <laughs> Try to come. Right. Okay, first is life. Okay? So, what answer? Thank you for coming. Thank you.
非常非常感恩博古老师的指导，嗯，非常精彩的，大家值得欢喜啊，是学到很多。嗯，那如果